Don't think healthcare professionals have any business experience? Think again. No topic is off limits as we share tales from our brave hosts who will always tell it like it is. We are hashtag no filter healthcare here to guide you through your healthcare journey are your hosts, Taylor Dunn and Tamara Donda. We want to thank our sponsor Uptime Health, the leading healthcare equipment and compliance management software company for bringing this podcast to fruition. Visit UptimeHealth.com to learn more. Let's get started. Welcome to hashtag no filter healthcare. I'm your co-host Taylor Dunn. And I'm your other co-host, Tamara Donda, and we are so excited to have our guest speaker, Bill Newman, here with us today. Woo, welcome, Bill. <laughs> Thanks, for- Thanks for having me. Of course. Um, so if you don't already know who Bill is, he is the CEO at Group Dentistry Now, and as of November last year, he became an advisor for Uptime Health, our sponsor. So... Uh, for all our listeners out there, we'd just love to have you give us a little background on Group Dentistry Now and how it all got started. Yeah, thanks. Um, I, I started out uh, in the dental industry back in 2003 as a, as a sales rep and um, kind of speed things up a little bit with the, the history lesson. Um, I uh, saw the, started to see the consolidation in the industry, uh, dental group practices now called DSOs, probably around 2011, uh, 2012. And uh, with co-founder here, who's also our chief marketing officer, Kim Larson, uh, started Group Dentistry now in 2014. And really, it was idea was an online platform uh, publication to reach people that were interested in finding out more about what a DSO is, uh, what type of activities happening in the industry, whether it's from a merger and acquisition standpoint, tips and tricks, you know, how to market your practice, how to sell your practice. Uh, so. Uh, just kind of took a look at a niche in the industry that was growing and thought, boy, this makes sense. It's happened in other healthcare verticals before uh, and started Group Dentistry now and have been doing it for, for quite a while. Love the industry. It's dynamic. It's exciting, changing quickly. Uh, you know, every time you turn around, there is uh, some deal. Somebody's buying somebody. Private equity is getting into the space. We, just finished up our monthly DSO deal roundup, and I believe we had 45 transactions in January, which is the most we've ever seen, and it just continues. So industry shifting from solo practitioner to a group practice model. Yeah, that's great. I really appreciate the background, and it's been interesting for us, as, uh, as many people are aware, Uptime Health, we originally started in the urgent care industry and then kind of shifted to dental over the last year. And we've just seen how this industry is growing and becoming more innovative. So it's been really great. But um, so let's get started with a little bit more into the actual title of the show. As you know, we're called hashtag no filter healthcare. So we love to learn from industry experts like yourself to tell us that no filter moment in your career that kind of just change it all. Um, it can be something that was inspirational or funny, maybe not horrifying, but if you've got it for us, you know, you can just give us the goods, Bill. We want to hear it. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll, I'll give it a go here. And I, I, I don't have anything horrifying that I'm willing to share, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, I will say that uh, I've had plenty of horrifying experience, both in dental and outside of dental. Um, not too many, but none I'm willing to comment on. Uh, All right. <laughs> I, I will. I will say seriously the um, pivotal one of the pivotal points in in my life or career uh, was probably back around t- 2008, 
eight, I was um, working for a dental manufacturer, a uh, Swiss company. So I worked with uh, the Pattersons and Henry Shines and the Bankos of the World, the distribution partners, and we made the products. So I co-traveled quite a bit with the independent with independent reps. And um, there is this disconnect between the manufacturers, people I worked for, and the distributors. So. A lot of the manufacturers really wanted to get more mind share of these distributors. As a distribution rep, you might have, you know, a skew, a catalog of 100,000 products you can sell. And I wanted those reps to focus on the 300 that I had, right? And so there were all sorts of manufacturers fighting for that mind share. So, and I was always a big fan of, um, you know, back then it was, I think Facebook had just become something that was a little bit beyond just college kids. So again, 2008, 2009. But LinkedIn didn't have groups for, it was LinkedIn was really very basic. There weren't groups yet. There weren't, it didn't have a lot of functionality. So I, um, I started a website while I was still working at this dental manufacturer called uh, Dental Sales Pro. And it was almost like a cookie cutter um, networking website. So you could sign up and, you know, make a connection in the dental industry. So dentalsalespro.com. Uh, and the idea was manufacturers and distributors could sign up and then they could network on there and, you know, talk about things that are going on in the industry. So, again, real early, early days of any type of, you know, it was a niche social networking website, even though I don't think social network was really even a thing. It didn't. That term maybe existed, but I didn't know what the heck it was. Idea was just to kind of connect people. So. For me, it was a real pivotal point because I kind of went a little bit out on a limb and I said, this is going to be, it was probably more of a hobby than a business, but it started to get a little wind behind it. And within a year, we had 3,000 members. So um, never really generated, uh, we were always either neutral or losing a little bit of money. You know, and when I say losing money, we had hosting fees and maybe a couple other, we had constant contact as our newsletter we sent out. So we, we didn't have a lot of expenses. We had a couple of like job postings, and so we covered costs that way. But the what I found out there was that the audience was important, right? It was a topic uh, that was of interest, you know, real niche, and of course, kind of a niche within a niche, right? So you have dentistry, and then you have really like the people selling stuff in the dental industry as a niche. Oh, so what I realized there was, hey, you know, this is kind of a business, Scott, you know, but but not really. So it was kind of my my entree into starting my own business, but it wasn't, you know, a huge investment in time or money. Uh, but it ended up getting uh, DentalSalesPro.com was acquired by a medical publisher in 2010 because we had the audience they wanted. They were getting into the dental industry and we had the platform. They were a print publisher and they wanted a digital platform. So what I didn't realize at the time I was a digital publisher, I just didn't know it. Um, so that was pivotal for me because I think it gave me a lot of confidence to, to do what we're doing at Group Dentistry now. And I had a couple other, um, well, another business that I started in between the two, but it was a, lot, it was a big confidence builder for me. Yeah, I was going to say, as you were talking, I'm like, this sounds like it was the introduction to your future with Group Dentistry Now and and how it kind of turned into what it is today. So that's really great. I didn't realize that was your backstory. So Yeah, yeah, it's, it, was, um, it was it was quite a bit of fun. Uh, I, you know, it was, it was one of those interesting ways to start a business and, and uh, do it. Like I said, a lot of these things for me were felt more of a hobby. Uh, you know, yeah, you, you were thinking, oh, maybe it'll turn into something, but you started, <laughs> right, you're always hoping. <laughs> yeah, started out pretty small. Hey, but it did. <laughs> uh, 
Um, so, you know, you talked about how, um, you know, you were trying to figure out uh, the best approach, right, and the audiences, and you kind of stumbled upon something really great. I guess, um, what were a few maybe of your marketing strategies that you kind of had to put together to, to figure this out? Like, I'm just curious from like the process point of view, like, um, you know, what kind of I guess, did your first strategy work or was it like a few, um, you know, multiple interpretations of like learning, I guess, through it all, but really curious about the marketing side. Yeah. Yeah. Though the marketing side is, I mean, for us, it's, it's everything. And you know, whether it was dentalsalespro.com or, or what we're doing now with group dentistry now. Um, yeah. I don't know if we had a, a real like a, a strategy, so to speak. I mean, we had an idea and we're like, all right, how are we going to get people to come to the website? Right. Uh, so a little bit was we, we've leveraged LinkedIn and I'm you know, it's still a huge fan of it. And you've really leveraged LinkedIn for group dentistry now, but it was just inviting people, like-minded people. So part of it was, I think the marketing strategy is we're, we're a niche, right? So we know that we've got a relatively limited audience, but they were pretty easy to identify because we were such a niche, right? So, uh, and then I think what we found is that we had a, more of a broader appeal maybe than we thought we did. So you had dentists that were signing up because they maybe were interested in either selling products that they had created. Um, but, but, but a lot of it was just kind of grassroots. So it was trying to find people to sign up, so members, right? Uh, and uh, leveraging LinkedIn. We had some email addresses. We did our constant contact campaign. But I'm really a big fan uh, with organic growth, so creating content. Like content, you hear the content's king thing, but and content content is king, but content is also a grind. I mean, content, and so what you'll see, I think most businesses that want to try and get a following, right, whether it's a social media following to get people to sign up for their e-newsletter and to eventually buy their thing or their stuff, um, you see, so like, oh, we create a lot of content, we put it on our website, we do a blog, and then we're fine, right? Because everybody talks about that. Well, they find, they'll start and they'll do it for a month or two, and then they realize it is a grind. I mean, it is super difficult to consistently do that year after year or month after month. And I think that's where most companies fail. So I think it's, on the marketing side of things, I think it's consistency. It's like have, have a goal that's realistic, whether it's content creation or whatever, and just continue to have at it. Because if you don't, then, I mean, you're really, you're, you're going to end up going crazy the first month and then you won't ever come back, right? You just stop and then you go to websites where you're like, oh, they have a blog session. You go and there hasn't been anything posted in four years. So I think it's realistic expectations and get help for content creation because the content from a marketing strategy really helps for SEO, for, for all the things that I think most people, um, think are going to happen. Oh, I set up a website and people are just going to show up. Yeah. No, nope. no. I wish. <laughs> I feel like we all have um, endured that struggle of if you're going to start the content, you need to stick with it. You can't just post one blog and be like, okay, I'll come back to it in three months. You better start being consistent with that content and staying relevant within the industry is always such a challenge. But it also, I feel like for Tamara and I, um, you know, it's, it's, eye-opening to just make sure you're staying on top of what's new and uh you know what people are interested in learning about so yeah it's really just being a resource i think you know um because when people do stumble upon you and, and your website, they just want to learn more, you know, about maybe something that is relevant to the industry or not. But either way, you're 
overall being that resource, which I feel like, you know, Bill, you have done a great job at being, um, you know, that kind of all encompassing resource for anybody. So. Yep. Thank, thank you. Yeah. We, again, it, it's, it's the, it's the consistency and, um, it, it, it's, it's easier now, um, because we have momentum. Uh, we have people that'll contribute, but early days with group dentistry now, uh, it was a real challenge because there was no DSO content out there. It just didn't exist. And so when we say early days, that was 2015. It wasn't that long ago, right? I mean, there was nothing. I mean, there was no, uh, DSOs weren't creating content. They didn't know how to market or they didn't care to market themselves. So their their marketing was at the practice level to get more patients to come to the practice, right? So it was patient marketing, facing marketing, but they didn't market their DSO to help find dentists that may come want to work for them or to help find docs that may want to sell their practices to them. And so the sophistication level in marketing, and it's Tamara's question about marketing, you can see it's really grown in the dental industry and DSOs have become much, much more sophisticated with the way they market. Yeah, 100% agree. And to kind of um, loop back how you were talking about how things were back in 2015, how they've uh, changed and now how they are, um, you know, if you were to really take the filter off here and the last thing we're going to, we're going to ask you about on this episode is for anyone that's trying or thinking about starting their own business in this industry, what is the best advice you can give them that's current to how things are, are now? Yeah. So I've, I've learned some, some pretty, um, some valuable lessons and I don't necessarily know if they kind of follow the norm. You know, you, you, listen to, you, you'll, you'll read a book or you'll listen to somebody that started a billion dollar, co you know, has a billion dollar company now. And they're like in the stratosphere talking about things you don't even understand. So I think it's good to vet your ideas and talk to people that, you know, in the industry and outside the industry, but you're going to have a lot of naysayers. And most of those people are going to say, it's not going to work because of all these reasons. Half of them, three quarters of them never started their own business anyway. So they're, they don't, maybe they, it's not that they don't want you to succeed. I don't think they want you to fail, but you actually, you're not going to, you're failing by not even trying, you know? So if that's what you want to do, you want to start your own business. I mean, I, I would, take what anybody has to say with, you know, this much, this, um, so if you're not listening, a very little amount, if you're listening and not watching, a uh, very little amount of, you know, um, grain of salt, a small grain of salt. I think you just have to go with your feelings, start something. You start it small. So, you know, your risk is limited. Um, and I would also say, don't try and make anything perfect. Cause a lot of people, especially if you're a perfectionist, like I just have to get this idea a little bit better. I have to do this, you know, right. Just do it, like execute and figure it out afterward. Because again, people have great ideas. I know so many people, we all do, right? People have the idea people and they never ever get anything off the ground. Oh, I've got this great idea. And you're like, yeah, it sounds like a great idea. And they never do anything. So I think and then it's just- they're themselves when someone else did it. <laughs> right, right. So it's like, just execute and then figure it out afterward. I'm not saying you just start something and it, you know, but you don't have to plan, 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 plan. You know, just get a really good idea. Go out and do it and you'll figure it out. Yeah. No, that's great advice. 
Thank you so much, Bill. Um, I think, you know, between Taylor and I, we've learned so much with you today and um, and your success and just everything you've been through. It's it's really an honor and a privilege to, to kind of be a part of this little journey with you. Um, we hope that our listeners can take away maybe some really awesome tips from today, apply this knowledge to their own business, and um, hopefully it helps them out like it did us. <laughs> yeah, no, this was really great, Bill, and I feel like I got to know you a little bit better. Um, but so if anyone wants to learn more about Group Dentistry Now, you can visit their website, groupdentistrynow.com. And um, please make sure that you subscribe to our podcast or comment below. We'd love to hear from you if you have any questions. Thanks, Bill.